Welcome back to the Pete Space. I'm Brian Winster with Palette Life Sciences. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Pete Space on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts to be notified when a new episode is released. Palette Life Sciences, sponsor of this podcast, is committed to bringing educational tools such as the Pete Space for sharing best practices and compelling conversations across the wide variety of pediatric urology and VUR topics. The content of today's episode is solely the opinion of Dr. Tony Corey, board-certified pediatric urologist at Children's Hospital Orange County, and Dr. Shahira Corey, associate clinical professor at the University of California, Irvine, Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation School of Medicine. In this episode, the Coreys discuss the most common musculoskeletal injuries in pediatric urology and provide ergonomic techniques and exercises for maintaining good posture. It is not surprising many pediatric urologists have suffered workload-related musculoskeletal injuries or pain, whether it's related to the number of hours working on the computer, documenting in the electronic medical record, prolonged endoscopic procedures, or complex reconstructions on little babies, our necks, backs, hips, and knees take the brunt of poor posture. Our group at the Children's Hospital at Orange County surveyed 161 pediatric urologists about any musculoskeletal injuries they suffered related to their work. 73% indicated that they had experienced such injuries. 64% suffered neck pain, 42% lower back pain, and another 37% upper back pain, and 20% had shoulder pain. Only half of the respondents indicated that they think about surgical ergonomics, and almost 90% of them indicated that their hospital did not have any ergonomic guidelines regarding surgery, and 75% reported that they have never received any ergonomic training. The results of our survey are mirrored by a later survey conducted in 2019 by Urology Times. In that survey, 90% of the urologists reported experiencing work-related musculoskeletal pain, most commonly in the neck or back over the course of their career. One-third of the respondents attributed their pain and discomfort to awkward position in the operating room. Similar to our survey, only 50% of respondents said they had adequate knowledge of surgical ergonomics. So clearly, we would all benefit from improved knowledge and education about posture, improved ergonomics, and preventative measures to prolong a pain-free surgical career. I am fortunate to be married to a physical medicine and rehabilitation specialist, Dr. Shahira Khoury. To help us better understand surgical ergonomics, I asked her to give us her insights on posture and possible preventative measures. Shahira, help us understand posture and why is it important. So first, let's define posture. It is the position you maintain while standing, sitting, or lying down. A good posture does not mean keeping your spine totally straight. It means maintaining its two natural curves, the cervical and the lumbar concave curves. It should feel almost effortless to maintain that position because good posture creates the least amount of strain on your muscles and ligaments when you move around. In a good standing posture, you would be able to draw a line from your earlobe through your shoulder, hip, knee, and the middle of your ankle. Make sure when standing, your weight is evenly distributed on the balls of your feet, not too far forward or too far backward. And how about posture when sitting? 
A good sitting posture is when your back is straight and your buttocks are at the back of the chair, the feet flat on the floor, and your knees bent at the right angle. So whether you're standing in surgery or sitting using a scope, it's important that we think about these positions and activate our core muscles to avoid any strain on the lower back, shoulders, or neck. All right, you define for us what is good posture. What are the commonest causes of work-related injuries and pain for pediatric urologists? Poor posture and lack of ergonomic movement are the number one culprit of musculoskeletal pain. The top three poor posture observed in the operating room are head forward in the flex position, abduction and internal rotation of the shoulders in laparoscopic procedures, and kyphotic thoracic spine. Poor posture can lead to muscle imbalance over time, with repeated shortening of one muscle group and lengthening of its counterpart. So this occurs when the operating room table height is too low or with head forward positioning during microsurgery, resulting in neck and trunk flexion, shortening the cervical flexors and rectus abdominis, while lengthening the cervical extensors, trapezius muscles, and erector spine. So one of the important things we should all remember is that our head weighs about 11 pounds on average. During surgery, if your head is tilted at a 15 degree angle downward, it weighs 27 pounds on your neck. 15 degrees. That's not much, considering that if you look at the face of the clock, the distance between each number is 30 degrees. Yes, and at 30 degrees of head tilting, the head weight increased to 40 pounds on your neck. And if you are working in a deep cavity, let's say in the pelvis of a child, with your head tilted at 45 degrees, it now weighs 50 pounds. So you can imagine how much strain that puts on your neck and shoulders and how much discomfort that can result in. And that's without taking into consideration the weight of loops and headlights. Absolutely. Also, many surgeons that use the robot frequently complain of neck pain. The console of the robot must be adjusted to reduce tension on the shoulders and neck. And this is something that most surgeons are aware of and should check before they start their case. Laparoscopic instrumentation also places added stress on the deltoid and trapezius due to abduction and internal rotation of the arm, especially if the table height is incorrect. Don't forget that what you do outside the operating room can amplify any strain you already have. So it's important if you're using your phone that you bring it up to eye level rather than bend your neck down to look at it. And if you're using a tablet, it is best to elevate it by using a stand to bring it up to eye level. It's also helpful to have an external keyboard when using your laptop so that the laptop can be placed on a stand with the screen at eye level. This way you don't have to look down and further strain your neck. Yeah, that's great advice. However, you know, these postural pitfalls are sometimes unavoidable. How about specific advice for reducing the likelihood of injury due to bad posture in the operating room? I understand that no matter how much surgeons focus on ergonomics, poor posture may continue to occur in the operating room. We must, however, be mindful of good posture, which must be repeatedly practiced and improved upon over time. Correct posture is a critical adjunct to ergonomic in the operating room to prevent and reverse musculoskeletal problems. An important piece of advice is to make sure that the table height is adequate for the tallest surgeon around the table. Shorter 
surgeon should use steps to allow everybody to have their elbows at a 90 degrees angle with, while they are operating to prevent strain on the shoulders, neck, and lower back. Stand in a balanced position close to the table so that you are not having to lean forward. If the surgery is longer than one hour, avoid standing in the same position for the duration of the surgery. Make sure you back away from the table, relax your muscles, and walk around for two to three steps to relieve any tension in your lower back, shoulders, or neck. You can also relieve tension on the lower back by resting one foot on a stool. We mentioned that laparoscopic procedures place added stress on the deltoid and trapezius due to abduction and internal rotation of the shoulders. Correct placement of monitors, operating table height, and use of armrest with the robot can help reduce the amount of fatigue. If you use a surgical microscope, avoid staying in the same position for long intervals. Shaira, how do you evaluate surgeons seeking your advice for work-related pain and injury? I can offer you some tips on doing a home assessment of your spine. The thoracic spine is usually kyphotic and the pecs are tight from years of working in the OR or sitting in front of a computer. To check your thoracic spine and shoulders, stand with your heels two inches away from the wall with the glutes, shoulders, and back of the head against the wall. Keep the back of your wrists and hands against the wall and elevate the hands to shoulder level. You should be able to maintain all points of contact with the wall, including back of hands, elbows, shoulders, and upper back without creating lumbar lordosis and flaring the ribs. If the thoracic spine is kyphotic or the cervical spine has lost its natural curve, you will lose contact with the wall. How about exercises that one can do to help with neck and upper back? So to strengthen your neck muscles, practice chin tucks like a rooster with your back against the wall. Hold them for 10 seconds. Do 10 reps multiple times a day. This isometric exercise can be done anywhere, even while driving or watching TV. The wall angels exercise is another excellent exercise where you stand with your back against the wall. You elevate the arms, maintaining contact with wall while tucking the chin. This is a great exercise to do, especially after long surgeries. I also highly recommend that you regularly stretch the pecs by leaning through a doorway. Place your arms at the right angle where the elbows and forearms press against the doorway on both sides and let your sternum tip through while you tuck your chin. Kyphosis is very common among surgeons, especially in the second half of their career. A foam roller or a Swiss ball are very useful in mobilizing the thoracic spine and provide extension. Look at the T, Y, and I exercising using the Swiss ball to stretch the pecs and strengthen the upper back and back extensors. How about the lower back and the importance of core exercises? Yeah, that's very important. To avoid back pain, surgeons need to work on several groups of muscles to strengthen and lengthen the glutes, hamstring, back extensors, and paraspinal muscles, in addition to the abdominal wall muscles. Ideally, these should be done in a preventative fashion on a daily basis. Unfortunately, most of us ignore our back until a crisis happens. I also like to recommend yoga, pilates, and regular massage therapy to relieve tension after a long week at work. Finally, you might want to consider a postural assessment by a physical therapist who should tailor exercises and stretches for your specific needs. 
Thank you very much, Shahira, for your valuable insight and advice. Our body is our greatest asset, and keeping it in great shape will go a long way to help us enjoy our work without discomfort and certainly prolong our surgical careers. My pleasure. Remember, a self-motivated surgeon and a dedicated stretching, strength training, and conditioning program are a must for maintaining a healthy neck, back, and shoulders throughout your entire surgical career. I suggest a website called Home Exercise Program, and it's in short HEP, where you can go filter the body area where you want to look for exercises, and it gives you stretching and strengthening exercises. This episode concludes Season 2 of The Pete Space. Thank you for tuning in. You can expect new episodes every month with the start of Season 3. Please share this episode with your colleagues while we deliver more pediatric urology-focused content. To stay updated with the latest educational content, check out the Deflux Learning Center on deflux.com and follow our social media accounts. Additionally, you can learn more about our company and our products at palatelifesciences.com. Mm-hmm.